Hello, 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 hello again. It's Friday afternoon. Time for Sabbath Moods, the broadcast of the Seventh day Adventist Church in Rockingham, Western Australia. My name is Pastor Erickson. Good to have you tune in today. And I hope you can stay tuned for the, the full hour's broadcast. We're playing lots of music today and sharing a few, a few devotional readings on different topics. It's going to be interesting. You're going to love it. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Sabbath Moods. I quite often like to start with a song of worship, so I've got one selected entitled Brethren We Have Meant to Worship by the National Christian Choir. Let's enjoy this one as we get started. Spirit of the Holy One, 
follow the sound of the choir. I like the singing choirs. I've directed a few choirs myself, and that was a beautiful one from the National Christian Choir entitled Brethren We Have Met to Worship. This is Sabbath Moods, just getting started. A few minutes into the broadcast, of course, but let's take one from Anthony Berger entitled In Christ Alone. It's an instrumental.
I hope you are blessed with this absolutely beautiful number by Anthony Berger entitled In Christ Alone. This is Sabbath Moods on Faith FM. And my first reading is entitled Ultimate Proof. Ultimate Proof. It's based on Genesis chapter 22 and verse 12. And it says, And he said, Do not lay your hand upon the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. That's Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. Abraham had earlier demonstrated his faith in God by leaving his country and people and journeying to an unknown destination. Later, when God promised him a son in his old age, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was able to perform. Well, that's according to Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. Still later, when God initiated his covenant with Abraham, the patriarch rose up that very same day and circumcised every last male, including himself, according to the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 17 verses 22 through 27. But Abraham had not yet given the ultimate proof of his devotion to God. And what was the ultimate proof? Well, it was the willingness to sacrifice, yea, the readiness to lose that which was dearest to him, simply because God commanded it. This concept is at the heart of the good news, the gospel. God loved the world so much that he did not spare his unique son, but gave him up. Yes, he sacrificed him so that we, the objects of his love, might have eternal life. John writes about this, and he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, In this is love. This is what love is all about. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him according to verse 9 of 1 John chapter 4. And so after Abraham had gotten to the point of no return in offering his son, God was able to say to him, Now you have given me the greatest demonstration of your commitment and love to me. You haven't just left your home or believed in my promise or initiated my covenant. No, instead, like me, you did not spare your only son, but you were willing to give him up. I have ultimate proof, Abraham. Now I know. Friend, here's a question for you. If God asked you today to sacrifice something that was dearest to you, would you do it? Would you? Think about this as we take the next song, which is entitled, I Will Offer Up My Life. Stay tuned. What can I bring to so faithful a friend? 
Listening to Sabbath Moves on Faith FM. This is a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh Day Adventist Church, and we continue the music now with a song that says, I give you my heart. So stay tuned and be blessed.
Welcome back, friends, to Sabbath Moods. My second reading for today is entitled, Speak Up for God. Speak Up for God. It's based on Psalm 66, verse 13, and it says this, Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will declare what the Lord has done for my soul. When I was a boy, I found testimony sharing at my church to be quite unappealing. It probably happened uh, once a month. It was usually dominated by several grown-ups who seemed to feel that at every given opportunity, they had an obligation to say what the Lord had done for them. It was an almost predictable, routine kind of speech that ended like a prayer. (laughs) 
Undoubtedly, many of us youngsters must have felt pressured when our well-intentioned leaders tried to prod us into saying something. Well, things have changed and times have changed. In recent years, I've seen and heard many young people uh, standing in that same church and testifying about the goodness of God. And on some mornings, instead of a preset program, we've enjoyed extended sessions of joyful testimonies and songs of praise, and worshippers have left the place of worship, expressing how refreshed they felt. Now, I'm not sure how this change evolved, but I'm thankful that nowadays, the testimonies speak of a much more dynamic, meaningful, and personal relationship with God. Testifying of God's goodness in one's life is as effective as pronouncing any great biblical discourse. And nobody can argue against a personal witness. If you say, this is what God has done for me, and he can do the same for you. There you go. A heartfelt testimony. This is a powerful, offensive weapon in the hand of any believer. As a matter of fact, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. So what about you? Have you experienced the power of God in your life? Have you been delivered from a difficult situation? Have you been healed of some physical ailment or disease? You know, Or have you been released from some mental anguish? Have you seen God working all things out for your good? Are you enjoying your walk with God? Well, then don't be afraid to take the witness stand. Come on, stand up. Give your testimony. Declare what God has done. And like it said in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 5, stand up and bless the Lord. Would you do that today? Stay tuned. Oh!
That was the Gaither Vocal Band singing I'll Tell It Wherever I Go. Fine lesson. We should tell about the goodness of the Lord wherever we go, don't you agree? So this is Sabbath Moons. I am Pastor Erickson, and we're coming to you from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia, right here on Faith FM. Beautiful instrumental coming up from Sam Levine. Send out a prayer.
just heard what the Lord has done. And before that, Sam Levine playing Sin Out of Prayer. We're going to take our third reading for this broadcast. It's entitled, The World's Greatest Magnet. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 12, verses 31 and 32, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now, I've always found magnets to be very fascinating objects. As a youngster, I, I spent countless minutes experimenting with their mysterious ability to pull and push and pick up objects like pins, paper clips, and grains of sand. I didn't know it then, but later I understood that even these little objects had a certain amount of resistance, and that the strength of the magnet lay in its ability to overcome that resistance, or whatever was holding those objects in place. Now, the text that I just read presents the world's greatest magnet, Jesus. Like those tiny grains of sand, we were held in check by the power of Satan. We offered resistance, but by his death, Jesus accomplished two things in one. First, he broke the stranglehold that Satan had over every one of us. So strong was Satan's sway that he was nicknamed the Prince of this world. <laughs> but Hebrews 2, 14-15 says that Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Second, having tied up the strong man and cast him out, he drew all of humanity to himself through his love. Friends, no other force in the universe is greater, and no resistance is so great that Jesus' love cannot overcome it. Today, today God is still drawing people to himself. From every nation under heaven and from all walks of life, he draws them to the Savior's side. And not only that, the closer they get to him, the closer they become to each other. Isn't that beautiful? Well, those who have been drawn to Jesus by beholding the beauty of his character and the greatness of his love, they can never drift away from him so long as they keep their gaze fixed on that which drew them to him in the first place. Like the branch that is attached to the vine, they will continue to remain connected to him. Mm -hmm. 
just heard a song entitled Jesus Draw Me Close and that's based on the reading we had before which told us that Jesus is the world's greatest magnet. Well this is Sabbath Moods and this broadcast comes to you every Friday afternoon right here on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. Got another number here for you an instrumental entitled Because He Lives by Jamie George. Stay tuned.
Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin, I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art Thou. If ever I love Thee, my Jesus, tis This is Sabbath Moods. You've just heard My Jesus, I Love Thee, and before that, Because He Lives. I've got one final reading for you today on the broadcast, and it's entitled, Keep the Light Shining. Keep the Light Shining. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Well, I grew up on the Caribbean island of Dominica, and in my early childhood, there was no electricity in my village. Until the mid-1970s, we used kerosene lamps for indoor lighting. Taking care of those lamps, as inconvenient as that was, afforded me the opportunity to learn four important life lessons. The first was that, in order to keep the lamp burning, we had to deliberately replenish the supply of kerosene. If that fuel ran out without our notice, we would have no light. That was the first lesson. The second lesson was that in spite of an ample supply 
of fuel. If the lampshade was off, a sudden gust of wind could extinguish the flame, so the shade had to stay on the lamp. The third lesson was that if the lampshade was dirty with soot, the light would be poor. We had to keep it clean by occasionally removing the lampshade and wiping it. And the fourth lesson was that the wick had to be trimmed often, for if we allowed it to grow too long, it would produce a dirty flame, which in turn would suit the lampshade. Well, four lessons. Life today is so much easier. I no longer have that personal responsibility to trim a wick or clean and put a lampshade on or put kerosene into a, a reservoir or to ensure that the lamps keep burning. I don't have that task anymore. I just walk to the wall and hit a switch, whether I'm here or there. Well, some people don't even walk to the wall. As a matter of fact, they just use a remote control device. Or in some ultra-modern homes, they program a computer or a mobile device to do that. Well, despite the irrelevance of the oil lamp to our 21st century life, the Lord still says, let your light shine. Never should we neglect this abiding personal responsibility. We don't need to pour in the fuel, okay? But we must stay plugged into real power. And that's the point. Where's that real power coming from? The Holy Spirit. We don't need to trim the wick. Yeah, okay, but we need to replace the starter sometimes. We need to re renew our commitment. And whatever happens, the light of our lives must not go out. It must be kept continually burning, pointing people to its source. And that's Jesus, the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven.
Well, friends, we've come to the end of our broadcast for today. I trust that the readings and the musical items I've shared with you have been a blessing to you. If they have been and you want to let us know, you can drop us a line. You can write to us at uh, PO Box 368, Rockingham, Western Australia, 6168. The Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, meets at number 21 Wanley Street in Rockingham, Western Australia. We have Sabbath morning services every Saturday from 9.15. We meet for Bible study, for worship, and for fellowship. We also enjoy lunch together. On Wednesday evenings, we meet at 7 for a small group Bible study and prayer meeting. You can find us online, rockingham.adventist.org.au. You can also find us on Facebook. And you can send a message to 0476-416-740. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you can tune in next week at the same time right here on Faith FM for another edition of Sabbath Moods. Until then, this is Pastor Eric Sassane. May God bless you and keep you. Take care and bye-bye.